Wellspring podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. A minister dies and is waiting in line at the pearly gates. Ahead of him is a guy who is dressed in sunglasses, a loud shirt, leather jacket, and jeans. St. Peter addresses this guy, who are you, so that I may know whether or not to admit you into the kingdom of heaven. The guy replies, I'm Joe Cohen, taxi driver from New York City. St. Peter consults his list, smiles, and says to the taxi driver, take this silken robe and golden staff and enter the kingdom of heaven. So the taxi driver goes in to heaven with his robe and staff, and then it's the minister's turn. He stands erect, booms out, I am Joseph Snow, pastor of Calvary Church for the last 40 years. He says, uh, St. Peter consults his list again, and he says to the minister, take this cotton robe and wooden staff and enter the kingdom of heaven. The minister's like, just a minute here. That man was a taxi driver and he gets a silken robe and a golden staff, how can that be? Up here, St. Peter said, we work by results. While you preached, people slept. While he drove, people prayed. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But until about Tuesday or Wednesday of last week, I had absolutely no idea what to speak on. Because I was engulfed in myself, of course. Um, I was frustrated. I still am frustrated when you, I feel better, but when you can't see, it's frustrating. Um, But, you know, we're getting there and that's okay. So I have to believe that whatever I'm going through, there's a reason for it. And when I get to the other end, I'll see that because I sure as heck don't see it now, literally and figuratively. (laughs) So as I'm, I'm actually laying there in, in bed, not to get too graphic, but um, I'm just asking the Lord, I says, I, I just don't know what to pray about, you know, I don't, or uh, speak about. So I'm, what do, what do I talk about? And he brought up to me um, a really nice topic to talk about, and that is the pain of regret. So this morning, we're going to talk about freedom from the pain of regret. The uh, scripture I'm going to refer to here in just a second is 2 Corinthians 7, 8 through 10. If you would like to turn there or grab your app and follow along. So bear with me as I attempt to read this. Even if I have caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurts you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you become sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Now, I would guess... It would be safe to say that just about everybody here um, has done something that they regret. Um, I certainly have over my lifetime. And 
you have that, you get that, that saying in your head that says, if only, or if you spent time in the land of woulda, coulda, or shoulda, then you probably have regrets. I believe there is no pain like the pain of regret, depending on what we're talking about or what you've gone through. The world is full of pain um, because of regret. The world is full of pain of regret because we can actually gain freedom from our regrets and move on. So what do we regret the most? If you want to think about that for a second, I'm going to read from Matthew 12, 36. One of the things is we regret what we say. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Have you ever put your foot in your mouth? <laughs> ever say something you wish you could have grabbed right back out of the air or stuffed it back in your mouth before it reaches the listener's ears? You ever sent a text or an email you wish you wouldn't have sent? Happens to all of us, right? We often say stupid things. The open mouth, insert foot stuff. Like when you ask a woman when she's due, and she says she's not pregnant. Has anybody ever done that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> the pain of those moments is usually gone rather quickly because it's not so serious. But there are times when our words are not so easily forgotten by others, especially when we're angry or hurt. We really know how to fire off those emails or text messages or say things that we shouldn't say. We get into an argument and say things we regret later. There is a quote that says, speak when you are angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. Sometimes we can mend the wounds, but there are times when the wounds um, we cut with our words are too deep. Wounds that time doesn't heal. Proverbs 12, 18 says, reckless words pierce like a sword. We often deal with the pain of regret from what we have said to others. Sometimes we regret what we do. Sometimes we make decisions based on how we feel. I know I have never done that, like bought a car, like bought a car or a motorcycle or something when the feeling just felt good, and then the payments came, and I'm like, that was not a good idea. Sometimes we make decisions on the spur of the moment. Sometimes we make decisions out of selfishness, and sometimes those choices come back to haunt us. Matthew 27. 1 through 5 says, Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans on how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. He said, I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied, that is your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left and went and hanged himself. 
Dr. Ann Catherine Speckard of the University of Minnesota reports the following long-term consequences of abortion. 81% reported preoccupation with the aborted child. 73% reported flashbacks of the abortion experience. 54% recalled nightmares related to abortion. 23% reported hallucinations related to the abortion. One study showed that there are more likely to attempt suicide than other women. In other research, psychiatrists reported negative psychological manifestations in 55% of the women who had gone under abortion. Another study, even those women who were strongly supportive of the right to abort, reacted to their own abortions with regret, anger, embarrassment, fear of disapproval, and even shame. Many of our regrettable decisions are irreversible. We must live with the fallout from those poor choices, and that leads to much regret. I've shared this story before, and April knows about it, um, but it kind of fits with this. Back in 2009, um, I regrettably had an affair. And it, as you can imagine, um, was devastating to my marriage, to my family, to everyone around me. Um, and of course, we regret it after it's too late. You know, anytime we do something so terrible, we realize how bad it was after the fact. But, and we'll get to this later as we get towards the end of the message, thank God that God is who he is because he redeemed my marriage and it's been better since the affair than it ever was before. So there is hope if there is something that you think that you've done that cannot be forgiven. Don't believe the lie. We regret what we don't do. As part of a commencement address, former First Lady Barbara Bush said the following to a group of graduating college students. As important as your obligations as a doctor, a lawyer, or business leader will be, you are a human being first. And those human connections with spouses, with children, and with friends are the most important investments you will ever make. At the end of your life, you will never regret not having passed one more test, not winning one more verdict, or not closing one more deal. You will regret time not spent with a husband, a child, a friend, or a parent. Our success as society depends not on what happens in the White House, but what happens inside your house. No one at the end of their life will say, gee, I wish I would have spent less time with my family and more time at work. When we put off telling someone how much we care about them and they die, we regret it. When we need to make amends with someone and we put it off and they pass away, we deal with the pain of regret. When we know there's something that we know we should do and put it off until it's too late, we regret that also. I've also told the story once before, and I don't know if you guys were here when I said it, and I apologize if it's repetitive. Um, in 2000, 
Um, I was still on patrol. I was back on patrol because April and I had moved to California and moved back. So I was back on patrol at the sheriff's office. And I had stopped by my mom and dad's house and rifled. And I went in to see my mom. And my dad was in his room, as he was often. Um, and my mom said, you, need to, you should go in there and say hi to your dad. Go tell him you love him. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I got to go. I got to go, you know, because I really didn't want to go in. So as I walked out onto the deck of, the, of their house, I could see my dad sitting there through the window. And I knew right then I should have gone back in and said something to him because that was the last time I saw him alive. So I talked about this in a, in a message, you know, probably several months back. When you, when you feel that or when you get that still small voice, follow it. Listen to it. In early 1874, an inventor named Elisha Gray transmitted a few musical notes over a telegraph wire. He thought to himself, if I can send a simple, uh, send, excuse me, if I can send music, perhaps I can send a human voice. The New York Times reported predictions of a talking telegraph, and the public began to go, grow eager for it. Just one year later, Gray believed he had the answer. Tin can-like voice chambers connected by a wire and a liquid that would turn vibrations into signals is what he came, excuse me, is what came into his mind. I have, you know, I was contemplating that. It's like, how do you even come up with something like that? Wow. <laughs> However, he didn't put his idea on paper for two months. And finally, after making a sketch, he waited four more days before he went to the patent office. When he arrived, Mr. Gray was told that just two hours earlier, a school teacher had come through the same door with his own sketch and had already applied for the patent. His name, Alexander Graham Bell. When, he, when, the, uh, when the sketches were compared, the voice chambers, the wire, the liquid, everything was identical. The reason we know the name of Alexander Graham Bell and until today never heard of Elisha Gray is simply because one man seized the opportunity when he could. The other one waited until it was too late. We also regret not seizing the moment. Procrastination can produce regret. Anybody in here procrastinate? <laughs> Why do today what you can put off till tomorrow, right? Especially if that procrastination is in response to the gospel. Your delay, your procrastination is recogni in recognizing Jesus as Savior and Lord may someday result in an eternity of regret. Uh, Philippians 2, 8 through 11 says the following. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So think about that for a second. Can you imagine the pain of regret when judgment day comes and you realize that you blew off those people 
that we're telling you about Christ. And that salvation only comes through him. I know for a long time, uh, you guys know that Shorty's my sister, Will's sister, and all that stuff, and she constantly likes to tell us what to do and uh, challenges us all the time. But thank God she did, because I wouldn't be standing up here if she didn't. Uh, it took a long time because I'm a very stubborn individual, but I listened. And like I said, I'm glad I did. Eternal regret comes from not recognizing Jesus as Lord until it's too late. Jesus said in hell, there, are, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I believe that one of those reasons is that the pain is, is because of the pain of regret. Think about this. We are plagued now by things we wish we would have done differently here on earth. Imagine spending eternity in hell's torment, being constantly reminded of the times you could have and should have responded to the call of salvation, and you didn't. You put it off. Someday, maybe, I got time. You know, I got other things to do. I'm not ready yet. Then someday never came. Your life was cut short. You had the opportunities, but you didn't take advantage of them. Now you have an eternity to regret your decision. It's pretty uh, heavy to think about. Erwin Lutzer said, Hell is the place of unquenchable, raging, unmet emotional needs without painkillers or sedation. Hell is the place of eternal regret. You guys are depressed yet? <laughs> Good answer. Well, guess what? Now we're going to move to freedom from regret. Deuteronomy 30 3 through 5 says, Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you back to the land that belonged to your ancestors and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. We move from living a life of regret into a life of freedom when we have godly sorrow. Susan Wilkinson, in Getting Past Your Past, wrote, quote, an initial sin or mistake leads to regret which is followed by some destructive coping mechanism, which brings more sin and more mistakes, which prompts more regret. On and on, the downward spiral goes. Some of the coping mechanisms we turn to include drugs, alcohol, overeating, gambling, <clears throat> pornography, escapism, or inappropriate 
relationships. All right. Not sure what that was. When we rely on these things to cope with guilt and hopelessness, we find that regret begets regret. And the cycle continues. Sin produces regret, and then regret produces more sin, and on and on it goes. If there is worldly sorrow, we will see this in action. We feel sorry. But why? I know Dave can relate. Being in law enforcement, a criminal is never sorry until he gets caught. Because we get caught, that's why we regret it. Because we're suffering the consequences of our actions. Worldly sorrow is all about how my poor choices have affected me. But if there is godly sorrow, that doesn't lead to more regrets, but rather freedom from regret. Through godly sorrow, my focus is not on me, but God. I am sorry for my sin against God. I am sorry for how I've disappointed God. And I've done that many times. When this type of sorrow is present, it will lead to repentance because I don't want to do this again. And through that godly sorrow, we can now move on. There's a quote that goes, Look not back to yesterday, soul full of failure and regret. Look ahead and seek God's way. Sins confessed, you must forget. Godly sorrow makes this happen. We need to embrace grace. 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 14 says, Paul had plenty to regret from his old life. And I'm not reading the scripture, it's just a summary. He persecuted, imprisoned, and took part in the killing of Christians. Now here he was, one of them. Talk about having some regrets. <laughs> this could very well have been the thorn in his flesh, the messenger of Satan sent to torment him in 2 Corinthians 12. He pleaded with Jesus to take it away, but Jesus, Jesus said that his grace was sufficient for him. His grace was all Paul needed to take away the guilt and shame. Jesus wanted Paul to give his regrets over to him. Jesus wanted Paul to know that the grace that saved him, the grace that forgave him, wiped the slate clean, so forget about it. Paul was able to grasp and understand that God's grace was enough for him to be able to move forward and leave his regrets behind. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. And I'm just going to read verse 6. I have fought the good fight and have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Nothing had changed about his past except the way he dealt with it. Paul moved forward in the sufficient grace, grace of Jesus. There is a quote that goes, regret is unresolved guilt. Take care of the guilt, you take care of the regret. Paul did the same thing. Even though Paul's letter hurt the Corinthians when he sent it, he didn't regret sending it because they needed to see what was missing 
from their lives. Regret. There was no godly sorrow for their actions. We, like Paul, don't have to regret our actions if they are done in love. A, tra a tragic event occurred in, in the spring of, excuse me, geez, 1931, when nine young black men were pulled off an Alabama freight train and accused of raping two young white women. A fight had broken out between the blacks and the whites in which the whites were thrown off the train. The surprise was that the two Southern women, Victoria Price and Ruby Bates, were also on the train and they had also been down to Chattanooga to look for work. Rather than be arrested and put in jail, they cried rape. And just kind of a little backstory: um, it was illegal for them to go where they went, the, the two young women. The nine young men, called the uh, Scottsboro Boys, were quickly tried and sentenced to the electric chair. News of their conviction spread, forcing an appeal to the United States Supreme Court. New York attorney Sam Leibowitz traveled to Alabama in 1933 during segregation to defend the nine black men, setting in motion a legal battle that ultimately changed the lives of everyone involved. Unfortunately, Sam Leibowitz lost his case. However, Judge James Edwin Horton overturned the decision of the jury to the favor of the nine black men which resulted in the ruination of his career. He was never elected to the bench again, yet he said he never regretted his decision. Even though we might suffer consequences for our actions, we don't need to regret those actions if they are done the right way. When we do the right thing, we live a life of integrity when we live above reproach. Some things we will, we will never have to regret. There are things we don't ever have to regret doing, but the irony is that Satan will try to get us to regret it. As you can imagine, I can't tell you how many times what I did, uh, which is now 13 I don't know what year we in. 14 years ago, still haunts me. It's still brought up to me. It's still, I'm still reminded of it. You never have to regret getting saved. Satan wants you to believe this lie that you didn't, you don't need Jesus. You can save yourself. What a lie that is, huh? The truth, however, is that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Satan will also try to convince you you've made a mistake by trusting in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. He wants you to think you've lost something good when you've turned to Jesus. <laughs> that is another big lie. That is a total lie. He wants you to regret giving control of your life over to him. He'll try to get you to regret your decision to resist temptation. He will say things, well, you let that one slip away. You blew that opportunity. Opportunity for what? Bring more misery upon myself? Because isn't that what happens? Putting God first does come at a cost. But the blessing is far 
worth the sacrifice we make and the benefit leaves no regret with jesus we know uh, excuse me with jesus we now have the fullness of life so where is the regret in that you never have to regret sharing your faith satan will always want to tell you that as well see you were sharing your faith and look where it got you now that person doesn't want to be your friend you just lost your job because you shared your faith those people just yelled at you for telling them about jesus you don't need this i guarantee you satan tempts the christian in hostile nations who are in jail, who are tortured for sharing their faith to regret it. Can you imagine what those people over there go through compared to us? I mean, not that I'm downplaying anything that goes on with us, but they're in a far worse situation than we are, and they don't lose faith. But if we are persecuted for sharing our faith, we don't have to regret it. We are doing the right thing. We are giving someone an opportunity to know Jesus, to become born again. Where is the regret in that? I think everybody in this room would be thankful that someone shared with you. You never have to regret showing love. Love is the greatest thing we can show to a person. Hard to do. I agree. Although sometimes when that love is not reciprocated, reciprocated, Satan wants you to regret it. Look, we're being loving, got you. Nice guys, finish last. Satan wants us to regret showing God's love to people. But we can live without even false regret when we know that even though others might not appreciate our love, God does. And there's no regret in God being pleased with us. 1 Corinthians 13.8 says that love never fails. There's no regret in love. There's only regret in failing to show love. Living a life of no regrets doesn't mean living a life with no mistakes. It's what we do as a result of those mistakes that determine whether or not we will live with regret. When we have godly sorrow and and repent and embrace God's grace, we can move from regret to rejoicing. And we can have peace of mind and no regrets when we do the right thing. So let us all strive to live a life that's free from the pain of regret. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, and I just pray that you be with each and every one of us here this morning and I ask that you have your hand upon them as they go out and finish the rest of this day and going into the following week again Lord we lift up Kenny and Arrow and anyone else who is suffering with any kind of physical ailments or anything of the sort God and Lord I just ask that if anybody here this morning is living with regret give them the peace of mind to know that they don't have to, that they can forget about the past and look to you and live uh, with freedom from that regret. 
So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done and are going to do. And we just ask that, Lord, when we leave here, we leave different than what we came. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will lift up.